This podcast was created on Messy. Create your own show today at Messy.fm. Would others say that you are a bystander or a participant? Do you quickly choose comfort when asked to do hard things? Or are you the kind of person who is a mover and shaker, no matter how hard things can get? Today on the podcast, I'm going to talk with my friend Andrew Sintel about killing comfort. We're going to answer some of those questions and see what it looks like to be the kind of person who moves towards activity versus being stuck in passivity. If you've been following along or you're new to the Culture Bus Tools podcast, I release a new episode on the first of every month. These are published on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and even Google Play. I've heard from many of you that these podcasts are helpful and encouraging, and I thank you for your feedback. Please consider sharing with your coworkers, family, and friends. And if you haven't rated or reviewed the show, please consider doing that today. Okay, let's dive into today's content. I first met my guest, Andrew, at church years ago and was so encouraged by his ability to articulate the gospel and encourage others. Andrew is the kind of guy who is engaged with you, sacrificial with his energy, challenging in his posture, and simply someone who cares about you and your life. I happened to work out with Andrew in the early mornings, and recently during one of our workouts, he shared with us some of the ideas that spurred on today's podcast. Andrew and I discuss a whole bunch of stuff later in the show. And in the show notes, I provide you with an assessment you can take to evaluate your effectiveness in this area and 50 things that you can do today to begin killing comfort in your life. Now let's listen in as Andrew gives us a recap of what he shared with our workout group that morning. All right. Well, hello to the Culture Bus Tools podcast. My name is Andrew Sintel, and I had uh, the opportunity to work with Chris several years ago at church, and through a, a fortunate turn of events, have found myself back connected with him through an, uh, a group of guys, uh, F3 workout group that we have uh, several times a week, and um, I shared this this uh, this message with uh, the group this morning, and Chris asked me if I would pass it on to you guys, and so I'm, I'm honored to be able to, uh, to to share a little bit about what God is teaching me, and um, you know what He's doing in my life, and, and how it pertains to leadership, and just really excited to uh, to talk with you guys today. So, the subject that I want to uh, talk about for a few minutes is the idea of killing comfort in our lives. Uh, many of us have read the books uh, "Killing Lincoln," uh, "Killing Kennedy," "Killing Jesus," and uh, today I want to address the idea of killing comfort. What would it look like for us to kill comfort? Uh, in our lives. Now, it's no secret uh, that our culture and our society that we live in in, in today with the modern technologies, uh, that we spend a lot of our time and a lot of our money pursuing comfort. Uh, so whether it's uh, AC in your house and in your car, or whether it's um, comfort food that you eat around the house, be, being from the southeastern part of the United States, we, we know a lot about comfort food, food that's going to just make us feel good, pick us up when we're feeling down, um, many of our churches have gone from um, more cost-effective seating spaces like pews and uh, hard, uh, hard-bottom chairs to these nice, cushy, flush, fluffy chairs that, that keep us comfortable while we're uh, hearing the message. But, but anywhere you look at it, there, there's, there's comfort. There's comfort on offer. Uh, many of us have been taught to pursue comfort. And at the end of the day, why wouldn't we? It's comfortable, right? Um, and that, that's definitely something that we've trained ourselves to do. However, when I look at the Bible, and I look at the way that, that maybe God has called us to live, and I look at what's effective even in leadership, 
uh, I think the road to comfort oftentimes can derail us from where we ultimately want to be in life. So just just a, a real quick, broad brushstroke of the Bible, you think about a guy like Abraham that, that God came to, and from all that I understand, Abraham was was being well taken care of, had, had family, had money, had land, uh, and God comes to him and, and says, hey, I'm, I'm going to take you to a place that I'll show you later. You know, I'm not even going to tell you where it is right now, but it's, just, it's not here, so follow me. Pretty uncomfortable for, for many of us. Moses, here's a guy that... Uh, that had a speech impediment and a shady past that God was asking to go confront a Pharaoh and to deliver uh, a nation. You think about David, a shepherd boy who um, was young, you know, ruddy and handsome, but but young, going up against uh, a mighty warrior of, of a giant. When you think about Daniel, um, who was faithful to God in the midst of, of, of facing kings and, and being thrown into a lion's den, obviously Jesus uh, pursuing... Um, you know, running from comfort by pursuing the cross, right? The Bible tells us that that uh, he scorned its shame, right? He, he knew the pain that was coming his way. Uh, you know, even asked if the cup could pass from him, but at the end of the day, his prayer was, not my will, but, but yours be done. Uh, so, um, you, you know, you look at all the, the, the folks in the Bible, the, the, the godly men and women of the Bible who have gone before us, and the idea of, of comfort was just foreign to them. Uh, pursuing God's plan for their life was paramount. Uh, comfort was was an unnecessary, uh, an unnecessary addition uh, to many of them. Now, looking at, at a verse specifically, Luke 9.23, Jesus is talking. He says, uh, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. And this idea of self-denial, deny himself, take up his cross and follow me, that's just so far from, from where we're at in, in, in our culture in uh, in our daily lives, you know, we're 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 trying to pursue comfort. We're trying to, you know, YOLO. You only live once. Um, go out and get yours. Treat yourself. Uh, you deserve it. I mean, all these things that we would say to ourselves and to people about, hey, you know, do this for yourself. You know, treat yourself. Get yours. It's just so far from the dialogue and from from the from the the uh, call that Jesus gives us to deny ourselves. Uh, we just don't think. Uh, about that. You know, we think about comfort, we think about running after comfort, but at the end of the day, I think Jesus would tell us this because it it brings God glory. I think it serves others, and I think ultimately it's best for us. Uh, Think about the idea of of tempered steel, right? Let's think about a sword. You know, obviously we don't do a lot of, you know, warfare using swords anymore, but but think about the idea of of tempered steel and a sharpened sword. What, What did it take to get that sword from this formless, uh, you know, melted down, um, you know, metal, what did it take to make it pure and to make it sharp and to make it useful? What it took was it took heat. It took, um, you know, like I said, melting it down, uh, subjecting itself to, to, to the pain of, of the flame. It took uh, allowing itself to be pounded and pressure to be applied to it. Um, but ultimately what comes out, it, what comes out is something that is useful and something that will, is built to last. I had a, a mentor one time share with me that his father had told him, uh, that n- to never hesitate to take the toughest path in life because tempered steel is sharpest and it stays that way the longest. We all want to be tempered steel. We all want to be sharp. We all want to stay that way the longest. But are we willing to subject ourselves to the discomfort that it takes um, to, to get there? From a leadership perspective, adding a leadership lens to this, um, the, the pursuit of comfort and leadership is going to lead us to uh, just paralysis in our decision making uh, because it's uncomfortable to make hard decisions. It's uncomfortable to take risk. It's uncomfortable to go into uncharted uh, territories. Um, 
a pursuit of comfort is going to lead us to avoidance of the tough conversations. Um, you know, we, we don't like conflict. Many of us, I mean, there are some people out there that, that love conflict, but many of us don't like conflict. And in leadership, uh, a refusal to be discomfort, or I'm sorry, uncomfortable, um, or a refusal to accept discomfort is going to lead us to avoiding the tough conversations. It's going to, uh, if anything, it's going to lead us to kind of back in sideways or uh, backwards to those conversations and leave people feeling really unclear and really confused about where we're coming. Um, but on the other hand, if we're willing to kill comfort in our lives, it's going to enable us to step in with boldness and confidence and to make uh, tough decisions, to address problems head on, uh, to be able to have tough conversations with truth and grace. But, but again, if, if our lives are consumed with what is going to make me comfortable, uh, what is going to make me feel good, we are, we're going to wind up in places that ultimately we don't want to be and ultimately are not God's best for us. And so as leaders, the, the willingness to embrace discomfort and to kill comfort in our lives is going to help us uh, go farther and last longer in leadership and really have a lot more joy along the way and a lot more fulfilling relationships along the way. So for me in my life, a, f- a few ways that I've kind of uh, challenged myself to kill comfort. Um, the first one, and this might sound so stupid um, to, to, to many of you, uh, but I've started taking cold showers. Um, I'll usually work out at some point in the morning, whether it's an F3 workout or playing some pickup basketball, and I'll, I'll come home and I'll just you know, hit the hit the cold water and just you know it takes your breath away. It, it, it's there's nothing fun about it, and I and I'm, I'm I'm hoping I can keep doing it even when it's winter time and and not uh, hot outside. Um, but I'm killing comfort. I'm choosing to be uncomfortable in that moment so that later in the day when I'm faced with the, the opportunity to pursue comfort or to kill comfort, uh, I've already done it once in the morning, and maybe I'm more apt to tell my body no, to tell my mind no. Um, to tell my preferences no, because I've, I've done that, taking that cold shower in the morning. Uh, one of the things I've tried to do, again, being part uh, from the southeastern United States in the summertime, it is brutal outside. But my boys, I've got a seven-year-old and a, and a four-year-old, and they don't feel heat. They're like, hey, let's go outside. Let's play this. Let's do that. Dad, come outside. Come outside. I've tried to say yes to that uh, more than not. Now, that's led to me having to take more cold showers, Um to, to, to get cleaned up, but I, I've tried to, to force myself to say, I'm going to be uncomfortable. I'm going to be sweaty. I'm going to have to change my shirt. I'm going to have to take a shower. Another thing that I've tried to do is um, to, to give money away, and that's not something I talked about at the beginning from the top, but one of the things that we like to have is the comfort of knowing that we've got buffer in our budgets, that we've got savings, and there's nothing wrong with savings. There's nothing wrong with buffer, but the idea of I'm going to give money away to make myself a little bit more uncomfortable. So whether that's giving to organizations, whether that's you know buying food for people that you see on the street, uh, what can you do to make yourself uncomfortable by giving away and trust that it's going to make you a better person and then trust that God is going to be able to provide anything that you're going to need as a result of a lack that you might have because you gave it away. Uh, spending time serving others. I mean, denying yourself, serving others, that is, that's just foreign to us. It's, it's hard for us to serve someone else's needs when our own might go uh, neglected. Another thing I'm trying to do, which I'm, I'm, I'm really, really uh, not great at naturally, is I'm going to put my cell phone away when I'm at home. Because if not, I'm going to mindlessly scroll through sports news, social media, um, you know, I- anything else that kind of just numbs my mind after a long day of work. I'm just going to kind of I want to try to put that away. I want to kill comfort in my life so that I can pursue the uncomfortable of jumping down on the floor with my boys or uh, having a thoughtful conversation uh, with my wife instead of just this mind-nubbing comfort of this phone, this device that's in my hand all the time. Uh, waking up early, uh, that's kind of 
in the rhythm of my life right now. We've, we've got this workout group I mentioned earlier that we're at 5.15 a.m. And so I'm usually up early, but, but even on days that I, that I could sleep in, not sleeping until my kids run downstairs and wake me up, but forcing myself to get up early, forcing myself to not get every bit of sleep that I think that I could get. Um, and then the hardest one for me is just not eating everything that, that's in front of me, not, not uh, hitting the buffet and you know, going back for seconds and finishing off my boys' fries and getting second helpings of dessert. I mean, I, I really, I work out hard and sometimes I feel like that gives me permission to eat hard. Um, but training myself to not just uh, stuff myself full uh, all the time. But you know, it's fine if my stomach growls a little bit. It's fine if I'm not completely full. Pursuing, uh, killing comfort, pursuing discomfort uh, in those areas. So those are just some ways that I've been challenged and, and I'm trying my best to to kind of knock off the, the, the desire to be comfortable and to always be filled and to always be satisfied. I mean, I want to, I want to be comfortable. Uh, a, a guy in our workout group this morning added, I want to be comfortable in a perpetual state of discomfort. And uh, I think in leadership and in life in our faith and in many, many areas, um, a pursuit of killing comfort is going to take us to the places that we ultimately want to be. Uh, there are many people that get to the end of their lives, they're into their comfortable lives and they realize they've missed it. And I just don't want us to walk down the road of comfort and be disappointed one day. So um, thank you guys for having me. Thank you for listening. I, I hope this blesses somebody. I'm honored again. Chris, appreciate you sharing your platform with me. And, um, you know, let's go out there. Let's kill comfort. Well, all right, Andrew, excited to connect with you and just really looking forward to learning more about this. You you mentioned that the road to comfort can often derail us in life. And so I want you to just take a a little bit more time to talk to us about what that means to you and really just why you think that statement is important for us to wrestle with. Yeah, definitely. And uh, thanks again for having me on. I appreciate uh, a chance to uh, talk a little bit. But uh, yeah, so talking about the idea of Comfort derailing us, um, you know. So from a from a faith perspective, obviously we we believe that uh, that God's got a purpose and a plan for for our lives. And uh, you know, whether we know exactly what that purpose is or exactly what that plan is, you know, if we're living on mission and if we're living on on purpose, uh, you know, we believe that every day we should be you know, walking towards whatever goal it is that that ultimately God has for us. And I think when we, when we choose the road of comfort and um, instead of choosing to embrace the uncomfortable and choosing to kill comfort, um, you know, I think we, we vary a few degrees off of the, uh, the true North that kind of we're, we're going to be trying to, to walk towards, you know, so whether it's a uh, veering off the path forever or whether it's kind of a taking a temporary uh, pit stop, you know, I, I do believe that, that the trajectory of our lives should be headed towards uh, the thing God has for us, and you know what inevitably happens when we choose to uh, not take the step of faith, or we choose to not do the thing that sharpens us, even though we don't enjoy it, or the thing that spurs us on, even though it doesn't feel good. We, when we choose to avoid those things, um, I just think that ultimately it is going to either slow us down from from achieving you know what God has in front of us, or or ultimately kind of takes us off the path. Um, you know, and, and, and God's so kind to us to, to sometimes help us take the detour and sometimes to, to redeem our path and, and, you know, despite our wanderings, get us to the place where we need to go. But when we start making those choices of I'm going to feed my own comfort and I'm going to feed, uh, you know, my own ability to just kind of sit here and just enjoy where I'm at without the pressure and without the stress of, 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 of pushing uh, my life forward and pushing the kingdom of God forward and pushing my leadership forward. 
Um, I, I just think that we're ultimately going to wake up one day and realize, okay, I'm not at all where I wanted to be or where I hope to be one day. And a lot of what got me here was this desire to, to just be comfortable and this desire to maybe build my own kingdom and my own comforts and, you know, eat all the food that I, that I wanted and drink all the things that I wanted to drink and sleep as long as I wanted to sleep and have all the money and the stuff that I wanted to have. Um, but I think we might be further away from this life-fulfilling purpose uh, that, that God has for us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you think about purpose, I mean, you have, you have, you've been able to learn what that looks like. I mean, take us back um, to maybe a time, and I know we didn't prepare to talk about this, but take us back to a time where you feel like you had a purpose, like you knew what you were supposed to do. Anything come to mind? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so, you know, overall, you know, as, as a, as a follower of Jesus, I mean, I think my, my overall purpose is just this, this desire to, to show off how good God is, right? You know, we've got a loving Father who has just given us way more than we deserve. And so I, I think just overall life's purpose, uh, ever since God found me a long time ago, is just this desire to, to show God's glory in everything that I do. Now, when I think about some smaller purposes, um, you know, the purpose of, of being a husband and, and being a father and, and being in ministry, um, you know, I, I can go back in my mind and to kind of those places where it's like, okay, that's where I feel like I, I received that purpose, or that's where I felt like I got that calling. Um, you know, for me, it, for for ministry, uh, which is you know what I get the blessing to do, kind of day in and day out. I remember being a you know, teenager sitting on the floor of my my mom's bedroom for whatever reason. I had just gotten done playing my guitar, you know, this new skill that I was developing, singing some some worship songs, and I just remember kind of falling on the floor praying and just saying, "Okay, God, I don't know what the opportunity is, but the answer is yes." Like just for whatever moment in my heart in that. Uh, for whatever reason, in, in that moment in my heart, I just knew God was saying, hey, I, I want to use your life um, for more than what you think you want to use it for. I want to use it for what I want to use it for. And at that moment, I thought it might be a worship, being a worship leader because uh, I had a guitar in my hand and I was sing, singing you know, worship songs. But, um, but I knew, okay, there's purpose for me, and that purpose is to not live for myself, but that's to live for, for God's glory and for, for others. But yeah, I mean, there, there's other stories about being called to, to be a husband and a dad that, that I get as well, but just very clearly along the way, uh, feeling like I had a I had a purpose that God was calling me towards, um, and that was just one of them. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the key right there. Is it doesn't have to be too complicated. I mean, I'm a dad, I'm a husband, I've yep. got a job, and when I choose comfort, not to work hard, that derails me yep. from doing the work that I have to do. So that's cool. Yep, Why that's did great. you decide? Hey, I'm going to take a cold shower as a way to kill comfort. I mean, was that just <laughs> how did that even come to mind? Yeah, yeah. Well. You know, part part of me, and, and, and you know this because you've been around me over the years, so part of me is I, I love to save money. <laughs> and so at first, at first the idea was, okay, well, if I just turn the cold water on and get my body wet and then turn it off and then soap up and then turn it on and rinse it off, I'm going to save some some money, right? And, and I'm gonna I'm gonna save hot water first of all, but I'm gonna save water altogether. Now the funny thing, since I since we actually recorded the bit from earlier. Uh, I've actually gotten my first water bill for the first full month, and it really didn't affect it that much. So, um, so, so that kind of has backfired. But, but honestly, in the middle of the first few times trying to do this, like a ninety-second cold shower deal, uh, I realized, okay, this is actually, you know, less about saving money and more about getting me to a place to where I am choosing discomfort. I'm choosing to not be comfortable because here I am you know, in the middle of my house, shivering uh, when, when I could be enjoying this nice, relaxing, soothing, you know, any kind of descriptor you can think of shower. 
I'm choosing to be uncomfortable. But the trade-off was, well, if I tell my body now that we're going to reject comfort, maybe I can tell my body later that we're going to reject comfort when it comes to, uh, you know, getting myself out of bed in, in the morning or honestly, summer, I mentioned this earlier, but summer in the South, it's smoking hot and my kids always want to go out and play football in the yard at like five in the afternoon when it's crazy hot. I'm thinking, oh, I don't want to go do that or, you know, I'm going to get sweaty. But okay, if I can tell my body uh, it's something as simple as a cold shower, hey, this is what we're doing and whether you like it or not, this is what we're doing. Then maybe I can tell my body later, okay, well, I'm going to get off the couch, get in the floor and play with my boys or go outside and shoot basketball in the hot sun with my boys, or you know, yeah, even something that's right. choose to not get a second helping of dessert when I really want my taste buds to experience a second helping of dessert. I can do it then uh, because I did something as seemingly meaningless as taking a cold shower. So it, it's yeah. definitely that idea of I'm going to choose to be active in doing this now so that later I, I won't accept this you know passive mindset, this bystander mindset, when I'm faced with, with a battle that might have a little bit more consequence than just a hot or cold shower. Yeah, that's good. Well, that's good. Well, I, I really am grateful for the chance to connect with you. And I know we could probably talk for a lot more about this and give yeah. an idea. I would say that um, you and I both, you know, we, we love Jesus and we want to be known by him. And so maybe what you could do, well, we'll just go ahead and tell people at the end of the podcast, you know, you'll be able to go, you go to the show notes and you can download this assessment. And we've also got a list of, you know, probably 25 plus things that you could begin to do um, in your life, different ways that you could begin to kill comfort and engage and, and be a participant in this, um, in this kind of concept. But maybe you could just close us out with yeah, just, uh, what Jesus did for us, how he chose discomfort. Uh, You're really great and very clear. And uh, I'd love for you to just kind of share with us what that looks like. Maybe, you know, a couple minutes and, and we'll close out. Yeah. Yes. I mean, when you think about the comfort that was offered, to, to Jesus. I mean, you know, the, what we believe about Jesus is that he is co-equal with the Father and uh, with the, the Holy Spirit. Um, but you think about what kind of comfort might exist in being in a place like heaven with your Father, the Holy Spirit, enjoying perfect community, being worshipped, you know, nonstop by you know angels and whatever faithful saints were already there, you know, what do you believe about that? But when you think about what it took to leave that place uh, a place that, you know, you and I can't even fathom, right? Like, like we don't even yeah. understand what yeah. that might be like and, and what kind of comforts might be there, whether it's mansions and you know, milk and cookies that never end and you never gain weight or whatever it might look like. He left that place um, to take on humanity and to take on uh, brokenness and, to, and to, to put flesh on and to, uh, to be tempted uh, with, with sin, right? The idea of 40 days in the wilderness, 40 nights in the wilderness being tempted, uh, having his identity questioned by the enemy and Ultimately, uh, you know, when it's all said and done, being rejected by the people that he came to save. And so you think about, yeah. um, man, I think about comfort, physical comfort, yes. But I, when I think about comfort, there's even a whole uh, dimension of emotional, mental, relational comfort that I try to protect myself against. So, so when I think about the idea of coming to redeem a people and save a people and help a people, and those people actually end up rejecting me and, and, and murdering me, I mean, that is all kinds of relational pain and emotional hurt. Um, but he was willing to take that on, you know, so he, he rejected the most complete, uh, comfort that we could even imagine, uh, for the, for the alternative of, you know, pain and suffering and rejection, um, so that we could be sharers in his, 
uh, in his glory and shares in a relationship with him and shares in his kingdom. And again, not, not that our goal is to like get to heaven and put our feet up and rest and be comfortable. Um, but, but he, he put on humanity and embraced suffering so that, that we could experience what he was experiencing. And uh, I just think that is just incredible. Um, yeah. you know, um, and, and it really blows my mind just the amount of love that it would take, uh, for someone to, to, to do that. And, and I think about how much I love people close to me. And it's like, man, that would be such a hard choice, um, to, to do that for the people that I'm close with and the people that, that I love dearly. But, you know, he did it for, for all mankind and, and he did yeah. it for the, the least of these and, and, the, and the non-influential and the non-pretty people and the hard to love. And, yeah. um, it, it just really blows my mind. You know, when, when I think about, you know, willing to in, endure the cross and be put to death and, and, and have all kinds of people mock him in the process, um, but how he was willing to do it for, for us. And so just super grateful, super thankful. And when you think about that, it really kind of puts into perspective, you know, man, how hard is it for me to uh, be able to celebrate someone else, which might be uncomfortable because it's it's not elevating my name or how 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 easy is it really to to give money away to someone else? even though it might be, uh, you know, reducing my net worth. I mean, all these things kind of pale in comparison when you think about the example that we have set for us in Jesus. So it yeah. really kind of makes it, makes it um, not say easy, it's still a challenge, but it really makes it, okay, I can do this and it's worth it when I see what, what our Savior's done for us. Wow. I hope you enjoyed today's show and valued Andrew's articulation of killing comfort as much as I did. I don't know about you, but I have a ton of work to do in this area. So as I've been wrestling with Andrew's ideas, I thought it would be great to have a tool or two in my toolbox that I could share with you that would help me help you sharpen the sword, as Andrew mentioned, uh, for the main reason so that we would be useful to Christ and be the participant in his gospel work. So be sure to check out the assessment tool located in the show notes where you can evaluate yourself and see if you are a comfort seeker or you are the Bear Gryllis of killing comfort. Make sure you also check out the list of 50 things you can do to start killing comfort in your life too. Also, I would love to hear from you if you want me to discuss a topic on the podcast, or maybe you want me to come to your church or business and provide a collaborative training opportunity for your team. Shoot me an email at chrisrivers at culturebus.cc, and I'd love to help you take a next step in that direction. Thanks for joining me today on the Culture Bus Tools podcast. See you guys next month.